Hey everybody, welcome to episode 71 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting now for nearly 30 years. This week I want to talk about luck and how it's more important than you think to making you a successful detectorist. So let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, before we start, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and I hope you enjoy the show this week. But before we begin, I want to give you the following information. If you want to give me feedback or interact with the show, please reach out to me on Twitter at Detecting The or Instagram at The Metal Detecting Podcast. Or if you want to pop me an email to Kieran at TheMetalDetectingShow.com. And now if you'd like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on SpeakPipe.com forward slash The Metal Detecting Show. The link is in the show notes. If you'd like to buy me a coffee, you can actually do so now on buymeacoffee.com forward slash metal detecting. And lastly, and most importantly, if you like this content, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hey everybody, I hope you had a great week hunting. I myself had to take care of some family stuff related to my dad's passing, so not a great week for detecting, but I'm determined to catch up in the coming weeks. I am still working on my kids' book and making some progress this week, but I'm only realizing now it is harder to write for preteens than any other group, as I can't exactly talk about face shifts on a receiving frequency now, can I? I also overused the word awesome, which meant I had to rewrite a load of it, but all in a day's work of learning how to write, I suppose, and I expect it to be rewritten a few times before I'm happy. So this week on YouTube's suggested videos, a video called The Success Paradox by Veritasium came up. I'll put it in the show notes. So this video I watched as it related to success and why people are successful. And in the video, the guy discusses and shows really the relationship between talent, working hard and luck. So to synopsize the video, essentially it is not enough to have talent and work hard, but you need some level of luck. For example, in the NASA selection process, 18,300 candidates apply, with only 11 being selected in the end, assuming that all work hard and have some talent and some level of luck, say 95% of the selected selection score is down to talent and hard work, while the remaining 5% is down to luck. When a random luck score is applied to all candidates, coupled with an assumed score of the performance, talent and hard work, This results in 9.4 of the 11 selected being directly as a result of luck, not hard work or talent. That got you close to the finish line, but luck got you over it. Much like when Usain Bolt broke the world record for 100 metres with a lucky tailwind pushing him along. The video also made another great point, that if you know the result is down to luck, then you are less likely to work hard to get you to the finish line. And the paradox being that once you are successful, it is important to realize it was down to luck. So like a a luck don't luck scenario, if you know what I mean. Listen, I'm not doing the video justice, so check it out. It's a real eye opener. Now, I was ruminating on the video on whether I was going to discuss it in an upcoming presentation I have to do in work when a thought occurred to me. How does this relate to our beloved hobby? I know I always say it, research and hard work is key. You have to put in the hard hours first before you even swing a coil. And clearly it is, but it seems luck also has a huge part to play in it. 
So as long as you are aware that luck has a part to play, ensuring it doesn't take away from your process of research and hard work, gridding and covering every inch of a site, then you should be fine. But when you do strike it lucky, make sure to pay homage to the gods of luck for getting you over the finish line in the end. So while talking about luck, I wanted to give you a list of my top five lucky metal detecting finds or hordes and starting from the lowest to the highest. In position five, we have to go with the Staffordshire Horde, regarded as the greatest Anglo-Saxon horde found by Terry Herbert in 2009. I remember it well at the time, but when Terry was interviewed, he said he was just doing a test hunt or a survey hunt on a new permission when he started to pull out gold. And by the time he was finished, he had pulled out over 3,500 pieces of gold, so much so that he was seeing gold every time he closed his eyes. In the end, Birmingham Museum bought the hoard for a whopping 3.3 million sterling or an eye-watering 4.5 million US dollars. In position 4, we have the Milton Keynes hoard, named after the town it was founded in the UK, found by Gordon Heritage and Michael Rutland in September 2000. You might know of Gordon Heritage from MindLab fame, and as far as I'm aware, he is the only content creator to have actually found an actual life-changing hoard. Anyways, onto the hoard. The hoard consisted of two gold torques and three gold bracelets, weighing in at just under four and a half pounds and valued at the time at £290,000 or $581,000. Not as lucky as most on the list, as the area of Milton Keynes had produced several hordes over the years, but more of a calculated survey of the area, testifying to Gordon's and Michael's hard work and extensive research. I have him on my list as I imagine that horde allowed Gordon to live the dream and set himself up as a full-time detectorist and content creator. So I am a little green with envy on this one. Up next in position three, we have the butt nugget. <laughs> Weighing at six pounds found in Butt County in California in 2014 by an unnamed prospector who initially thought it was a piece of random trash and only digged it on the possibility of there being smaller gold nuggets underneath it. I know if it was me, I would have been like, yeah, I totally knew what I was doing. I knew exactly what I was about when I overloaded my detector. Could you imagine the blast you'd get off that? Anyways, the nugget is said to be worth in excess of $400,000 and is only second place to the Mojave Nugget, which is the largest known nugget found in California. In position two, we are really getting into slap machine luck here with the Rio Rancho meteorite found in New Mexico in September 2011 by a 13-year-old boy called Jansen Lines. Scientists believe that the meteorite had existed for 10,000 years and is an L6 ordinary chondrite weighing in at 2 pounds. Now, what's lucky is that once Jansen's grandfather found out his grandson was into meteorites, he put a metal detector in his hands resulting in the find. But what I like even more about this find is that Janssen never sold it. He still has it and has only donated a small piece of it to the University of New Mexico in Albuquerque. Good on you, Janssen, or Janssen. And finally, in position one, and I know every metal detectorist knows about this one, a horde that makes every detector sick to their tits, and that is the Sterling Torx, which were found by a Scottish man named David Booth in 2009 again, a great year for hordes in the UK. 
David, who was out on his very first metal detecting adventure with a very basic metal detector, he had done some site research and had the farmer's permission, but is quoted as saying the following. I parked up, I got the metal detector out, there was an area of flat ground behind the car and I thought, I'll just scan this first before I head onto the field. Literally about seven steps behind where I had parked, I found them. The hoard had been described as the most significant discovery of Iron Age metalwork in Scotland and is said to be of international significance. When found, David took them home and gave them an owl wash under the tap. The hoard consisted of four torques valued at a staggering 462,000 British pounds, which was presented to David after a period of time had passed to raise the funds, as it was imperative to Scotland that the torques stayed in Scotland. In Ireland, we would call David a jammy fecker, but fair play, what a find. I wonder does David still detect? I'd love to know if the hobby still has some excitement for him after that life-changing find. So, that's luck and my top five lucky detector finds. Remember, with all the hard work you put in, you still need some luck to get you over the line. But don't forget to do the hard work and don't forget to thank Lady Luck when you hit the big time with a horde of your own. That's it for this week. I hope you like this episode of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. Check out our website, www.themetaldetectingshow.com for this episode's show notes. Check out our Patreon page if you want to help the podcast stay alive or just want to buy me a coffee. Actually, if you want to buy me a coffee, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com forward slash metal detecting. Also, if you'd like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on speakpipe.com forward slash the metal detecting show. The link will be in the show notes and on the show's website. If you feel like taking your appreciation to the next level, feel free to leave me a positive review on any podcast directory of your choice. If you like this content and would like more, please don't hesitate to tell your friends at least one and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Once again, I hope you enjoyed this episode and we will chat to you all again next week. Get out there, eyes down, good luck and happy hunting.